Welcome back, you guys. This is Jared, and you are listening to the Back Road Exploration Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike. What's up, dude? Hey, dude. Not much. I'm doing good. So, Mike, what is going on that is new in your world? Well, sadly, wasn't able to go off-roading this week, so nothing new there. But uh, one thing that I thought was interesting this week, anyway, was there's a cool video, um, like a teaser video, that of the Bronco getting tested. There's a new Bronco coming out, for those of you who don't know, and it's supposed to be super off-road capable. A true Jeep competitor is the idea. And the video was pretty cool, showed the the features of it. In some ways, in the video, it looks like a very similar to a Jeep, I would say. Very <laughs> it boxy. Looks extre- it looks extremely similar to the Jeep Wrangler. They definitely were not pulling any punches there. They're, they're going 100% after the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, they're doing a two-door option, which is, is pretty cool. But from everything I've read, that is very niche you know the jeep already in some ways is kind of a niche thing and the two-door option is even more niche and and so to try and compete with that such a small space in some ways almost feels like the only reason they're doing this is to say yeah we're really competing with you head on not that they actually think they're going to sell very many of them yeah i i'm one thing i am curious about because one of the things that i've i've had a two-door wrangler before now that was a tj so wranglers have come a lot a long way in their road manners but i i do i am curious it definitely looks like it's going to be um independent independent front suspension and i actually wonder if the two-door version will feel pretty comfortable on the road because one of the one of the best benefits to me of the jku or just the unlimited version of the wrangler is because it was longer it just made it way more comfortable to drive and that's one of the reasons i think that it really the four-door really took off the biggest reason is obviously people could use it as like their regular family suv in addition to their off-road rig but i am curious to see if maybe people really will like the two-door version just because it actually is pretty comfortable to drive potentially yeah, well, and it's it's small. It could even compete potentially with, I guess, pricing will be a huge factor there. But, you know, I think there's things like the Renegade and the Cherokee and the what, what's the other ty- small one they came out with? I don't even remember the name. Well, the I mean, Renegade's the smallest, and, and yeah, but they've got like the Compass. And, that, yeah, like the Compass. Uh, you know, smaller SUVs do have a huge sell, and they're not very big. Although I think even the Renegade seats more people but yeah, i guess i don't know what the space door. will be like inside so it's hard to know um a lot of people buy jeeps to go off-roading and they're amazing for that but there's also a pretty significant amount of people who buy jeeps to because they think jeeps look cool right so you know they could potentially hit that market too as oh we have the cool new rig in town yeah and, and i think that I think that from what I can tell, and obviously they've got it like all wrapped around with all their, you know, camo, their car camo stuff. So you can't get exactly like an idea of what the lines look like, but it looks really cool. I like that it has the spare tire on the rear. I think that's an important part of having like a, a true off. I don't want to say true off-roader, but a hardcore off-roader. I think that that's a nice semblance and it saves you some money from happening. Like with the forerunner, you got to buy a rear bumper and mount a rear tire carrier, you know? And so I think that that's um, kind of a cool aspect to it. My, the biggest thing that I like about it, I want as much competition within the space as possible because it's just going to push all of the other, other manufacturers to step up their game that much more. And Ford's not stupid. They definitely are coming in and attacking this market. The main thing that I like about the Bronco is that it's just more competition in the space. And the more competition that we have in the space, the better off the market is because all of the other manufacturers are going to have to push to innovate. And so uh, what it's going to mean and how it's actually going to target the Wrangler, I'm not sure, but but I, I am curious to see. And, and it's just exciting to me to have new vehicles in the segment. Yeah, I think it's awesome to have more vehicles in the segment. You know, just like we talked about with the Defender coming in, the Defender is short wheelbase great breakover angle great approach and departure angle this is looks like it has awesome angles it's going to be another good off-road vehicle and the more off-road vehicles we have the better off we are because then everyone has to compete to make theirs better totally agree 
So for me, a couple of cool new things that are kind of going on. Um, I was out on a really cool trip a weekend ago, and I'm excited about that video coming up. I'm also working on a video talking about what it's like to create YouTube videos challenged from um, Donald, our friend over at Soft Roading the West. So that video should be dropping um, really soon. And the next really cool thing is I actually was reached out to from the guys over at Extreme Terrain. If you don't know what Extreme Terrain is, it's basically one of the largest online um, e-commerce sites geared towards off-roading um, vehicles. They have made their name in the Jeep market, but they are also kind of pushing into other markets like the Tacoma and, and other vehicles like that. So what was cool is they reached out to me um, and I had been, I made a video uh, a couple of months ago talking about some of the things that I really dislike about the Jeep Wrangler. And one of those is the headlights. It's really common for people to just rip their headlights out, put new headlights in. It's one of those additions that just doesn't really get me that exciting, even though it's actually very functional and useful. So they hooked me up with some Raxium LED headlights, and I am really excited. These are a premium headlight, and I'm excited to get them in the Jeep. So that's going to be one of my projects this weekend is I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a comparison of my stock headlights versus these new LEDs and then work on putting together a review of how well I think they um, are performing and some things like that. So I'm really excited about that and extremely um, grateful for Extreme Terrain jumping in and being willing to help out. Yeah, that's super awesome. So I think it's time for us to jump into the meat of this week's episode. So one of the things that we've had, I think we have kind of a unique experience in that I have a Jeep Wrangler, you have a Toyota 4Runner, um, and we go on a lot of trips together. And so we get asked regularly, uh, you know, what do you like better? What one should I get? Should I get a Jeep Wrangler? Should I get a Toyota 4Runner? Um, so we're going to kind of do a, I, I don't know, a versus, for a lack of a better word, of what is the right vehicle for you and why? And really this, like I said, we've been asked this a couple of times, but I actually had a um, one of our YouTube subscribers reached out to me and said like, hey, based on the type of terrain that you're driving, the space that you need, um, the fact that you do this with your family and with your dog, what should I get, a 4Runner or a Jeep Wrangler? And I sent him a novel back and we're going to kind of jump into what are some of the pros and cons of each of these vehicles and hopefully help you to, as the listener, to know maybe what the right option is for you. And we want to hear your feedback on this and every episode. So if we say something that you disagree with or you think is wrong or that you like, send us an email at backroadexploration at gmail.com and let us know. And we'll be happy to share that in our next episode. So Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about why you chose the Toyota 4Runner and why you think it's probably the right vehicle for a lot of people? Sure. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I have always loved trucks. And I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I actually, when I was looking for a new vehicle at first, I had heard of a 4Runner, but I didn't really know anything about it. And it's it's kind of funny because I feel like I have never seen one before. I'm sure many of you have the same experience. I'd seen some of the old ones. Like when I think of a 4Runner, I really think of like a third gen red or maybe with the top not even on like a first gen like an old forerunner that's what i thought of as the forerunner and i was looking for a truck and talking to you actually about off-roading stuff and and i love trucks but i wanted more seats and it's hard to get trucks you know you can do a bench seat but it's not they're not as comfortable yeah there's and it's uncommon and they're not as comfortable double benches as having the third row and so and I kind of was looking at smaller, and if you go smaller truck, they just don't work at all, right? They yeah. don't. None of those have more than five seats. None of the mid-sizes, so, yeah. So you actually recommended, you were the kind of the first one talking about forerunners to me. And so then I started to do some research into, oh, what's a forerunner? You know, it's an off-road vehicle that seats enough people. And the funny thing is now, now that I, the forerunner's on my radar, this is where I said, I'm sure this has happened to you. I have a forerunner game with my kids where... If we're driving and we see a forerunner, we say forerunner. And it happens 
all the time. This is all not like a, a random game. This is like 10 times in a two-mile drive, you know? Like, there's Forerunners everywhere. And it has gotten more popular, actually, I think, in the last four years since I bought mine. And so that's helped. But it's been around a long time in the, almost the exact same design, you know what I'm saying? And I, my kids pretty much only spot fifth gens, but I am like, Forerunner, you know? And they're like, is that a Forerunner? I'm like, yeah, it's an older one. But... <laughs> But I love Forerunners now after owning one. And so one of the main things I was looking for is you'd kind of got me into this off-roading, going out in the in the woods, um, overlanding is what everyone's calling it these days, although some people think that we're co-opting that term and they're offended. But we're not really trying to. We're just, we just want to go out and explore. Um, and I, I, I started to explore in my truck and I even recorded a few just dash cam footages of me recording because you'd been recording stuff and I was like, oh, that's cool. And maybe I, they weren't good enough for videos, so they never made it anywhere. But um, I was liking the idea of just going and exploring. Growing up, I loved off-roading and four-wheeling and stuff. I didn't really do much trucking or jeeping. I mostly did four-wheeling. So right. anyway, long story short, the, the reasons I like the Forerunner is because it's capable it it has it is good it's a good family vehicle we use it all the time as a family vehicle just driving around town i can take all four of my kids and we fit in the car it's not the best driving around town vehicle but it's pretty dang good and since i was coming from a huge truck before honestly it's better than that was and so yeah. I, I love that it's great for going around town for hauling kids but it's also off-road capable i think of the forerunner as like i don't know i'm trying i was going to try and do like a percentage but it's like it's good on the road and it's good off the road it's not the best on-road vehicle and it's not the best off-road vehicle but it's it's really good at both um and so that's what i love about the forerunner is it it hauls enough people it has enough space you know i did the my whole 10 things i love about it it's got great reliability it's got great community surrounding it there's a ton of things that i love about it but mostly the reason i was going for it was it served those two purposes for me well which is i'm going to be driving it a lot on the road well relatively speaking i don't really drive that much i work from home so my miles per year are low but when i'm out and about i drive the forerunner and it's great for that i love it i have no complaints and then when i'm when i want to go off-roading it's been amazing i've been shocked at how good it is now i don't have every other vehicle in the world to compare it to and sure probably a lot especially the trails we go on Almost any four-wheel drive vehicle that has a low-range transfer case, that's another thing I love. It's a true four-wheel drive, low-range transfer case. So it has the power to go up big hills, you know, and it's been awesome. So that's what I love about it. I feel like the Forerunner is extremely versatile. If you're looking for a versatile vehicle that's great on-road and great off-road, I think the Forerunner is hard to beat for versatility. What do you like about your Jeep? Um, well, I, I guess I wanted. I probably should have done this earlier in the intro, but I, I do think that it's important that we kind of give a tiny bit of background on our vehicle ownerships. Um, we have neither of us, we didn't grow up driving Toyotas. Um, I did in an, in, in, in a sense, drive up, grow up driving a Jeep. Um, our family got a Jeep when I was in high school and I drove that Jeep. Um, there was a couple of periods off and on, but basically I drove that Jeep for almost 10 years. So, that was a two-door TJ as a 2004. And, um, but we didn't, you know, so we didn't like come in with this big brand bias towards Toyotas or really even a brand bias towards Jeep. I thought Jeeps were awesome before, but didn't actually know a ton about them until we got it. And so, um, and then once I got it and realized how much fun it was and how capable it was and that it did a lot of the things that I like to do, like off-roading, um, that really piqued my interest. And so um, since then, as an adult, I've purchased a Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, and that was originally going to be my off-roading overlanding vehicle. And there was kind of two things about it. One, I really, from the day that I got rid of the two-door Jeep, I missed it. Um, 
and and I wanted to have a Jeep again. And then I've had a lot of problems with the Land Cruiser. And so the combination of those two things, I decided, you know what, I want to go and buy a Jeep. I love them and, uh, and kind of make that my rig. And I have the luxury of, uh, I don't currently use my Jeep as my daily driver. And why I say the luxury of that is, is that I love Jeep Wranglers are exceptionally capable off-road. And I think that it goes, some people might argue this a little bit, but in my opinion, from the showroom floor, the Jeep Wrangler stock is the most capable off-road vehicle that you can buy. Um, And there's tons of reasons that go into that, but primarily you have more articulation, you have better ground clearance, you have better breakover and departure angles, and you have a solid front axle and nobody else has a solid front axle which just gives you way more articulation additionally if you buy your jeep in the rubicon trim you have electronic front and rear lockers which almost nobody else has a lot of people have because the jeep has been so successful have added a rear locker to their off-road version so Toyota's added that to the trail edition of the Forerunner, and now Chevy and Ford have added that into the Colorado and the Ranger and et cetera. But Jeep really spearheaded that with having, and they've had lockers for a long time in the aftermarket world, but basically they said from the factory, you can push a button and you have front and rear lockers. Um, and kind of the combination of all of those assets make the Jeep Wrangler just the most capable off-road vehicle that you can buy stock. And because it's so capable stock and because people are known for always wanting to push the limits, the aftermarket support and options is way bigger than anyone else. So not only are there more options, but there's also better options. And there's a whole, I don't know, scale of that, right? So you have tons of options in the decent category and tons in the great category and tons in the amazing category. And so you can go and buy a budget lift that is going to be decent and give you a little bit more clearance for, you know, six, $700. And you can buy a, you know, multi-reservoir, amazing dual functionality, adjustable lift kit for $5,000 for your Jeep too. Just the range is so huge. And that allows people to make them so much more capable. And that's what I love about the Jeep. Now, there are other things that I really like about the Jeep too. Um, I love that they're they're modular. And that can be a downside too, but I love that I can fold the windshield down. I can take the roof off. I can take the doors off easily. All things that really other vehicles were never designed to do. And so... It just it, the modularity aspect of it. The thing I missed by far the most about my TJ was that it had a soft top. I got so fast at taking the top off. I could, if I got to a red light, I could jump out, take the soft top off while the light was red and get going before it was green again. My current Jeep is a hard top. So that's not, you know, that's not as versatile of an option, but it does have the freedom panels. I can pop a couple of little flaps and take off the portion of the hard top that's right over the driver and passenger seat and it makes you really feel like you have most of that top off feeling without it going through the effort of pulling the whole hard top off so to me those are kind of like some of the main benefits and what i love about the jeep um and of course there are going to be some of your downsides that come with it so like i mentioned earlier I have the luxury that I don't drive my Jeep every day and it wouldn't be that I wouldn't like driving it every day, but they're not super comfortable. Now Jeep is getting better and better at this. The JK is like light years better than the TJ and the JL is light years better than the JK. So I personally have a JK, but I have driven several JLs and the comfortability is so much better. It's amazing to me. It isn't however, as comfortable and have as good of road manners as your Toyota 4Runner does. Right. Well, and we should emphasize too, though, one big difference is my Forerunner's stock for all driving related purposes. I guess I have aftermarket tires, but they're not big. They're not oversized. They're stock size tires. They do have a altering tread, but pretty much I have a stock vehicle and you have what? 35s, I think on yours. Yeah, I've got 35 inch tires. Um, I've got a spacer lift. And a mo, it's like a factory Mopar lift, and admittedly, my shocks are 
they, they need replaced, uh, you know, at this point, they would be more comfortable, you know, if I had like added like an old man emu or a icon or, you know, a AV lift or something like that. And you're running mud terrains as well, right? Yeah, and I do have mud terrains, which that is a product of, I bought the Jeep used. I would not add mud terrains. I'm not planning on replacing these tire with mud terrains, but they are uh, they are noisier. Jeep, The Jeep is just noisier in general. And because you have less insulation in the doors, they're meant to come off, they're modular. So you, you don't have the same road comforts, but having the mud terrain tire does make it much more loud when you're driving versus if you were in just a standard other SUV. Right. So, you know, when I think of it, when I was shopping for a vehicle, if we kind of turn this back on what should someone buy, when I was looking for a vehicle, the Jeep actually wasn't even really on my radar because it couldn't fill my number one requirement, which is the whole reason I was selling my truck to begin with was I needed six seats. I was selling a five seater and the Jeep, there's no option for that. I guess you can throw a jumper in the back, but I wasn't really looking to buy something and put some you know, modded seat in the back. I was looking for something, a proper uh, six seat vehicle. I actually, someone recently in one of our comments, you know, commented, well, instead of, if you think the off-road features of the off-road versions aren't better, why didn't you buy an off-road forerunner and put a jump seat in the back? And my answer to him was one of the nice things about getting the one that's actually designed for a third row is it has airbags in the third row. I like the extra safety features of not just, I don't want to treat my kids like cargo, right? And I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to judge people who have to use a jumper or whatever, for whatever reason. But like, if I'm going out to buy a vehicle for the main purpose of this vehicle is to haul my kids. And especially at the time, overlanding was kind of just a, oh, this is something I might get into. You know, right. off-roading was just like, oh, yeah, I've done that a few times. It was kind of fun. But my main purpose was I wanted a, con- a nice way to haul my kids. And the Forerunner has been awesome for that. They have, I mean, they're kids. They're going to be back there close to each other fighting each other. That's what kids do in the car as far as I can tell. But it fits them really well. And I feel like I have the added safety features of I like knowing that I have the airbags. And, and they're going to be more protected than if I just threw them in a jumper seat in the back. So primary reason number one for me to to get the forerunner on the radar was i'm looking for a vehicle that can go off road but it must have six seats and once i looked at like all the other suvs out there unless you get something bigger if you want something that size the forerunner is like almost the only one right like i do my wife drives a, an old suburban and they can be pretty capable off road as well but i was kind of looking for something a little smaller. Um, and since we've gone off-roading more, I've enjoyed having something smaller. So I love that about the Forerunner, but th- that's a big decision-making for some people. If you need enough seats, Forerunner, to me, right away is a better option. Yeah. And, and the, the, the reality of that is, though, most people don't. You know, that's true. especially 100%. the people, most people who are in the off-roading and overlanding scene, it seems like are often it's couples, it's individuals, or it's like families or partial families, right? So often in our videos, we're going out with just our kids, right? So, and our spouses aren't necessarily always with us. So that it isn't in many instances, you don't need everything. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, if we're going to give you advice on, which one of these to pick. I think that the most important thing to say is they are both amazing vehicles. So the way that we use our vehicles are, uh, Mike uses his every single day is is his daily driver and he uses it on our off-roading trips. I drive the Jeep a lot on the weekends just because I love driving it sometimes in the evenings, but I don't commute in it. And I, but I take it on a lot of my off-road adventures. And so a good portion of the miles that I have put on it over the past two years have either been on a trip or heading to an off-road trip, right? So those types of that aspect of the destination. So if you're wanting to get into off-roading, overlanding, four by four adventure touring, whatever the heck you want to call it, I don't really care. Um, how do you choose which one of them is going to be best for you? And 
when I really look at this question, for most people, my answer is the Toyota 4Runner. And the reason for that is most people are going to go on four or five trips a year and they want to build it out. The 4Runner has a pretty good aftermarket support so you can make it look pretty cool and very capable by giving it a lift and you know, adding rock sliders and some of those things that I think are important to having a capable off-road rig. And you're going to have a very comfortable, reliable vehicle on the pavement for the other 80 to 90% of the driving that you're actually doing. And so to me, usually my answer for people is that. Additionally, you also have a little bit more storage capacity. It's just a little bit bigger. So the cargo area is a little bit bigger, um, especially because in the Jeep, you've got a roll cage that runs right through the rear cargo. And so that actually takes up, I don't know, four to six inches on each side, depending on how you want to measure it. And so you're going to have a little bit more cargo carrying capacity in the 4Runner. Um, traditionally, you're going to have a little bit better reliability and you're going to definitely have better on-road handling and manners. It's just going to be a little more comfortable to drive. So for most people, I say, if that's how you plan on using it, you should get the Toyota 4Runner. And I think it's one of the reasons that the Toyota 4Runner is so popular. Now, I also think that the guys over at Expedition Overland have sold like millions of 4Runners into the overlanding community because they've taken their 4Runners, built them up to make them unbelievably capable and traveled all over the United States and South America in them. And so they're, the 4Runner is kind of like the, it, it's de especially, we're specifically speaking to the United States and North American market, the 4Runner is the sexy off-road overlanding vehicle that people want and want to build out right now. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing for that. Um, it, it is a really good platform, has tons of options, and and 90% of the people in this industry are honestly like me. They drive it on the pavement most of the time. And the other portion of the time, a few times a year maybe, they go off-road. And it's more than capable enough to do most off-road trails. Now, if the type of off-road trail you're going to do is way more technical or uh, you know, steeper or rockier or whatever you want to call it. If you're doing hardcore rock crawling, then that's where it's harder to mod the Forerunner as much as you can mod a Jeep. Um, it's been a while since I heavily trafficked the Forerunner forums, but basically 34 is about the biggest tire you can put on the Forerunner without major modifications, and it it it's just not set up uh, i think actually most um independent front suspension vehicles kind of suffer from this a little is you can only go so big before things just start to not fit under your vehicle right and the angles it, get messed up it, it just it, it, you don't have enough space in the wheel wells they're, they're just not designed to have that big of tires on them without significant body modifications whereas with the jeep wrangler jl which is the current edition of the jeep wrangler you can put 35 inch tires stock with no rubbing. Yeah, which is crazy. And there's hardly anything is like that other than like big trucks. You know, a lot of big trucks will have big tires too. They have some amazing things about them, but for, for like rock crawling and stuff, their breakover really hurts them and their weight really hurts them, I think. And so that's why that I think that the Jeep is so amazing for that. Another thing that pulls people to Jeep that I don't think you can deny is they are a unique looking vehicle and i personally think they look pretty awesome i think they look cool especially when you mod them all up like crazy they're cool and you get the whole jeep wave thing you know the 400 people are like oh yeah we should wave to 400 people it just does it's not the same it's not they the don't same wave back yeah it's not the same well it, a big part of it is now you get this in in jeep too where there are some people who buy it and literally have zero intention of ever leaving the pavement and aren't necessarily like becoming part of the jeep like wave community type of a thing but 
you if you're comparing that to the amount of people that are just buying a forerunner because they're looking for an SUV that has all or has all wheel or four wheel drive, excuse me, um, it's way different, right? Like you have way more people who are buying a Toyota forerunner who never have any intention of ever taking it off of the pavement. And in like 99% of those cases, they should have bought like a Toyota Highlander, but that's a different discussion because I don't think it looks as cool. So I agree with you that the, there, to me, there are, there's four types of, I guess like four things that would push me to tell you, go buy a Jeep Wrangler over the Toyota forerunner. The first one like what you had hinted towards, the Wranglers look awesome. I love them. I even I really like the look of a Toyota 4Runner. And when you have a built-out one, I think they look really, really cool. But I still don't think they look as great as a Jeep. And I get that like you could say, oh, well, you're the Jeep guy. Of course you're going to say that. You have preference. And I know that people have personal preference. This is my personal preference. I think the Jeep looks better. I'll so, throw my bias in there. I think the 4Runner looks better. So we're even. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, so people are going to have that. So I think that that is one aspect and people, are, well, why would you buy it for looks? You know, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, I um, think, the, I think way more people buy vehicles for looks than they're even willing to. Then, exactly. So the, the second thing that I would say, if you're going to buy a Jeep is if you want to have the best off-road capabilities, like we discussed, you're going to get it out of the Jeep Wrangler. Um, and that you're, one, you're going to be able to modify way further than you can with any other vehicle out there because you have solid axles front and rear. You, it's just the Jeep was designed to be modified. It's easy to take off the bumper and put on it's a easy. new bumper. It's, it's relatively not, easy to take off the fenders. Yeah, it's real, every aspect. Yeah, exactly. Every aspect of it was designed to be modified easily, and so. You're not you're not talking about like oh I got to come in here and I got to cut out the the wells of my fenders just so that I can get my 34 inch tire to fit on my Toyota 4Runner. No 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 you you don't have to do any of that if you don't want to with your Jeep, and you have the ability very easily to replace the front bumper, the rear bumper, to replace your fenders like you mentioned, to add um, you know to add in your it, well they come with rock slider stock on the Rubicon editions, but if you wanted to add in rock sliders. They're easy, simple bolt-ons. There's just everything about it is designed to be modified so that you can make your vehicle that much more personalized and capable. So to me, that's the other aspect is the off-roading aspect of it. Um, the other area in which I really like the Jeep is that modularity that I talked about earlier. I like that you can take the, the roof off you can, it's just, it's a different feel. You have almost a convertible style feel in a Jeep Wrangler that you're not going to get in by just rolling down your sun, you know, by your moonroof or your sunroof, whatever you want to call it in your vehicle. I have a sunroof in my Toyota Land Cruiser. I love opening it up. It's fun. It's nowhere near the same experience as going around with your top off. Now, some people will say, well, I really want this in for like camping and you know, and overlining, I'm not necessarily going to have the top off all that often. So I get, I get that that's maybe not the exact benefit for you. And then the fourth part of it to me is, and I, we've hinted towards that is the community. The Jeep community is amazing. I am, I am constantly blown away by how many people as you're driving, you're doing the Jeep wave with how many people, um, you know, the, the community and brotherhood around, you know, the clubs, um, different groups and or adventure groups and organizations. And you get some of that in the Toyota 4Runner and, 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 and other vehicles, but since we're kind of comparing these two, but I think you have a bigger community within the Jeep community. Now you may not necessarily have a bigger community within the Jeep community around like overlanding. I still think that Toyota and the 4Runner and the Land Cruiser are still kind of, I'm not going to say dominate it, but I think that they are still maybe the, the leaders there. But because the JK, especially the 2012s forward and the JLs have become so comfortable and capable and relatively more reliable, they are making a large step into that market. And then Jeep really stepped into the overlanding, in my opinion, community with the release of the Gladiator. Because I still believe that a mid-size pickup is probably the best overlanding vehicle that you can build because you have all of the capacity from a you know weight and towing capacity 
and you have all of the cargo capacity by having a bed, but you're still short and narrow and nimble enough to be very capable off-road. And so Jeep has really come in hard with the Gladiator and said, this is the best overlanding vehicle that you can buy, or at least that's what they're trying to make it to be. And, and, and so I, 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 I guess those are kind of my main, the overview of what I think is the right vehicle for you is that if you're going to get more into the off-roading and you want it to be more capable and you want to have the ability to modify it more, go with the Wrangler. If you want to have something that's exceptionally capable off-road, but has better on-road manners, has a better reliability track record, then you probably want to pick up a Toyota 4Runner. Yeah, and I would even maybe trim that uh, down a tiny bit to say, if you plan on modding it a bunch, then maybe go with the Jeep. Um, Because realistically, most people are not going to put like 37-inch tires on their vehicle. And if you're not that person then that's not a bonus for you, right? And the type of terrain you go on, you know, we live pretty close to Moab. Jared's been there a few times. It's on my to-do list. I've not actually been to Moab for off-roading. I've been there for other things um, to see the sites and stuff. But for for a lot of those trails, the, the Jeep is in a lot of ways a better fit. If you're doing big rock crawling, um, it, it amazes me how many times we we see people you see jeeps going up the canyon a lot of times you know where they're going if they're super lifted and there's a train of them they're going to moab just the other day we saw two jeeps actually on trailers and i'm like oh they're going to moab and my son's like how do you know that's where they're going because moab is not particularly close Right. right but you have a jeep on a trailer a super lifted awesome jeep on a trailer and you're driving up highway six you're going to moab because yeah. that's like what the jeep was made for is to go to these amazing off-road places to drive up over huge rocks use its amazing articulation and double diffs and if you're doing stuff like that i i don't think i love my forerunner but it's not as good it's not as good at that i can't off i can't lift it as much if if you're really building a trailering vehicle that you're going to mod so much it's like not comfortable on road or I wouldn't do it on road, then I definitely think you got to be looking in the Jeep. The 4Runner is just not the one for you. And then obviously you can tone that way back. I don't think you have to go quite that far to say, oh, the Jeep's only better if you're being crazy. But some of it is what type of terrain do you like to go on? Um, Stock from the factory. I, I think that it, it's it's easier to deal with a little bit of bumps and scrapes on the Jeep than it is on the 4Runner. Some of that modularity and ease of replaceability, you know, if I run into something, I got to replace a, a lot more with my front if I bump into a rock. Or if you, if go, and, if you go and scrape your bumpers going down like a steep descent, you, you're, you know, you have a white one, so it's not going to be super noticeable, which is one of the reasons you chose white. But if you, you're just, you're out right? Like you have a big scratch on the front and replacing that is not, or modifying or repairing it is not easy. And if you do that on your Jeep Wrangler bumper, not only can you, it will likely not really even show. And if it does, you can pick up a aftermarket bumper, front bumper for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's, it's the, the expense, there's way more things that you can modify so you can spend more money, but the expense is also way more variable too you know you can get a nice good off-road bumper for a few hundred dollars and 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 replace it in your driveway on the weekend which you just can't do that very well in a forerunner yeah for sure and you know some of it is i i I've, i haven't actually driven the new jl i think you said you have and but everything i've read and seen in videos is that they're way nice now one potential flaw with that is I feel like when we had our TJ and it was brand new, it was a soft top. And I thought it was pretty quiet inside. Well, you go drive it now. Our little brother drives it actually. And it's not quiet. Right? No, yeah, it, it's not. But it's also that, you know, he could use a new soft top. But he, every, he, every new rendition of soft tops, they get better. Every new rendition of hard tops, they get better. I've driven in tj hardtop jeeps and a jk and a jl so we're talking about basically 20 years 
the last 20 years of Jeep Wranglers, and every year it gets better. And even like I was, before we started this podcast, I want to say, okay, I want to look at some other people's impact and reviews. I watched the guys over at TFL did a video comparison of the Forerunner and the Wrangler, the new JL. And even he said the new JL's interior is better, which I, like the TJ's interior was like Spartan, you know, like there's like, it's like you have a couple of knobs to turn on the AC a couple of knobs to turn on the radio. That's it, right? Yeah. The JK was a big step up. It's my JK is so much nicer inside than the TJ was, and it's that much more. If that's that much, if not more, of an upgrade into the JL. The interior so, of the JL is exceptional. So FCA from everything that these guys say. I watch a lot of TFL too. I like that channel. They do. They drive all sorts of new vehicles. And across the board, either they're biased, which is possible. Some people are. And like I said, I don't have personal experience with it. But they feel like FCA is winning the interior, at least in like the last two years. All of their vehicles, they've really pushed up. And one of my complaints about Toyota was they're slow moving on the upgrades. And I know that they have made upgrades. And the newer Forerunners do have a some nicer electronics and stuff but from everything i've seen and read i agree with you as far as the the electronics and stuff and like even the quality of the seat and the quality of the interior uh it seems like it's nicer on the jl i'm not sure how well it's going to be nice wise driving it in in five years right i've had my forerunner for four years i can't tell that it's any louder is that the same true for a JL? I don't know. But because Jeeps are so modular, especially if you've been using the modularity, if you never take off any of your pieces, I doubt it affects you at all, right? But the more you're taking stuff on and off, I think that's where you start to get gaps and, and you start to notice the difference. Certainly. And I, I think that, um, you know, obviously you can't have any discussion with about you know, which is your best overlanding, off-roading, adventure touring video, or excuse me, vehicle, without talking about reliability. Um, you and I have discussed this a bunch. I, um, for the most part, I think discussions about reliability are near ridiculous. And the reasoning for that isn't because like, oh, of course you're going to say that because you drive the Jeep and it's less reliable. I think that the reason that I say that is most modern vehicles are quite reliable. It, you know, we're not talking about where you have a vehicle and at a hundred thousand miles, you need to sell it because everything under the sun is wrong with it anymore. And additionally, people are so obsessed with reliability. I, I, you know, the guy, uh, um, Scott Brady over at expedition overland, said that he had a really pithy quote, and I, I don't know exactly, but basically he said that the people who are the most focused on reliability are the people who've been the least amount of places, <laughs> basically. And, and and what he's meaning by that is he's saying people are so over-focused about it that they're they're not they're not even accepting that there could be a problem and that that's part of the adventure. And you can't prevent anything, you can't prevent everything, I should say, from happening. Right? You can do your best. And even in we, you and I have driven in the most remote places in Utah, which is arguably one of the most remote states in the United States. People come from all over the world to travel in remote areas of Utah. And we are very rarely ever more than, I would say, 80 to 90 miles outside of cell phone reception, outside of a town. It, you just can't get that far away anymore right this isn't we're you're not tra we're not traveling across you know four or five hundred miles of no cell phone reception no communities or towns ever you just don't do that it, it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't exist and so the, the idea that like oh if i got to this spot and my vehicle broke down i'm just you know screwed it's just not an actual real fear. It's not a, a, a real problem, I guess I should say. It could be a fear, but it's not actually a reality. You're just not going to be in that, in that much trouble. Now, obviously, you should be prepared, and you shouldn't 
try to get yourself stranded. But even in remote areas, if you get stranded, you are not that far away from cell phone service or a town in which you could get a tow truck or something like that. And so th this idea that you're like, well, I don't want it to ever break down on me. One, that no vehicle is never going to break down. And I'm not going to try to argue that I think that a Jeep Wrangler is more reliable than a Toyota 4Runner. I think that the Toyota 4Runner, Toyota in general, but the 4Runner especially, has well earned its reliability marks. And so I'm not going to try to sway you from that, but I wouldn't make that be the determining factor because most issues that vehicles run into are not that big. Many of them are covered by warranty if you're buying it new in the first place. And if something does break, especially in a Jeep, the likelihood of having a better, higher quality aftermarket part that's less expensive than the OEM one is really, really high. Whereas with the Toyota 4Runner, you may not have an aftermarket part for it. The OEM part is going to be extremely expensive and you are not guaranteed that nothing is going to break anyways. So I just, I don't think that that's a real, I don't know. I wouldn't make that, I would, I just, I guess why I wouldn't use the reliability discussion to deter me from buying either vehicle, right? And people can argue all kinds of things. We'll get comments all the time. Like, uh, you know, people will say like, oh, like, you know, if you'd had this or blah, 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 blah. Or like, you know, I had one video I thought was hilarious because the guy had said, I had mentioned in the voiceover portion that a particular section was hard. I was actually speaking about a section before I had said that. But anyways, it doesn't really matter. He's like, oh, I might, you know, my forerunner could do that in two-wheel drive. And my response to that, always, I never, you know, I, I, haters can be haters. I don't really care. But my response to that is when I'm going out in my extremely remote places, it's almost like a 10 to 1. It's may, it's probably not 10 to 1. It's probably like more like, you know, like 7 to 3 that I see Jeeps. in. The, if I'm somewhere very remote and the terrain is hard, I see way more Jeeps than I see any other vehicle. So you could argue that you're going to see, you know, that the way that people are using that vehicle it also contributes to how reliable it is too. Yeah, that, that that definitely affects it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that the reliability aspect of the Forerunner didn't bring me peace of mind. And so far, almost four years in, it's been perfect. I've done nothing but routine maintenance, which has been awesome. Coming from my last vehicle, that was not the case. I did more than routine maintenance. And so I've loved that about the Toyota so far. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's a big enough deal Especially, it depends, you know, what type of person are you? Are you planning on driving your vehicle 400,000 miles? Because there's lots of videos of maybe forerunners who go 400,000 miles. Well, if you're that type of person, then maybe that will sway you to a forerunner because maybe more forerunners have gone that far than Jeeps. I'm not positive that more have, but seems like anecdotally, I would say yes. I've seen For anecdotal For sure, I definitely events. think that anecdotal... I would say that even beyond that, way more people have hit a even probably the 300,000 mile club in their Toyota 4Runner than they have in their Jeep Wrangler, for sure. Yes, but how many people plan on driving it that far? And I very, would say... Very few. Very few. Most people are selling their vehicles at like 100,000 miles, right? Not because they think it's not going to work anymore, it's giving them too much trouble, but because... People are ready for the new shiny. So I think you need to take that into consideration. What kind of person are you as well? Do I want a newer, nicer vehicle? Or am I okay to go a lot longer? Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you're if you're the type of person that is going to be buying want the new vehicle every four to five years, which that's fine if that's what you're into, then it's really to me a reliability discussion is a waste of time. I agree, hundred percent. It's a, just a non issue. Now, if you're going to go and pick up one that is, you know, already has 150,000 150, miles, miles on it. it, exactly, then you should probably go pick up the Toyota 4Runner. And that's me being a Jeep Wrangler owner. I, when I was looking for my Jeep, I had a hard stop at 
60,000 miles. I was not looking at anything over 60,000 miles, not because I don't think it's going to make it over 60,000 miles. Mine has over 60,000 now, but because I thought I probably have 150 to 250 relatively reliable miles out of this vehicle, which means I don't want to run into that too quickly and so far in the two plus years, I'm two years and a couple months of owning my Jeep, I have put about 20,000 miles on it. And those, those miles are hard miles. They're the worst kind of miles. They're either me driving around in town on the weekends, which is a smaller portion of it, but still not great for your vehicle. Lots of starting and stopping. And every other mile of that is me driving on remote back roads that are paved to get to remote dirt roads and trails that are unpaved and often fairly aggressive. And my Jeep has been fantastic through all of that. So yeah. I, I don't, I, I, and that isn't to say I could go out there and put the key in tomorrow and have a check engine light for all I know. Right. But the, but the point is, I just, I don't think that that's the, de the deciding factor. And this is coming from a person who bought a Toyota Land Cruiser. Now, admittedly, I'm a little jaded because I've had a lot of problems with my Toyota Land Cruiser. But the fact that that Toyota Land Cruiser has gone 275,000 miles on the original motor and transmission is a testament to how reliable and great of vehicles Toyotas are. So it isn't to say that you shouldn't make that decision. And I think if you are, if you're the type of guy that's like, I'm picking up a vehicle, I want to off-road it, I'm going to be commuting it 20,000 miles every year. I think you're going to be happier with the 4Runner. I really do. I think you're going to be feel more comfortable on the pavement. You're going to have less issues long-term with the vehicle statistically speaking, right? We're, we're basing yeah. these off of reliability statistics, which I think are, well, I don't know what else we can go off of other than reliability data. Um, I think you're going to be really happy with the forerunner. So to me, those are like the main considerations. And I don't know, is there, is there anything else that you think that we have missed in talking about this discussion? I don't think so. I mean, in a lot of ways, if I want to break it down, our whole almost hour long conversation to the simplest thing is, if you plan to do more dirt than asphalt, get a Jeep. If you plan to do more asphalt than dirt, get a Forerunner. To me, that's the at the simplest level. Now, there's I think there's tons of nuances. If you like the looks of one better than the other, get that one because they're both great vehicles. If you if there's some aspect of them, if you need six seats, get the Forerunner. It's better. Yeah. If you know, if if you plan on putting on a six inch lift, I'd get a Jeep. If you're fine with a two or three inch lift, you can get either one. You know, right. I, they're both versatile. They're both great off road for for overland type travel where you're going long distances and need to haul a lot of stuff. The Forerunner does have a little bit better storage than the Jeep, and so I think that that's a bonus towards the Forerunner side. You get a little better storage, um, and on road comfort, I think the Forerunner's a little bit better. Like I said, I haven't driven a brand new Forerunner and a brand new JL Jeep back to back to see how they compare. I've heard really good things about the new JL, so maybe it's less of an issue. Um, and so, if you're keeping them most both mostly stock, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a wash. They're both great vehicles, and and we're we're happy with both. But that's kind of how I look at it. If I felt like I did more dirt than asphalt, I would personally probably buy a Jeep because I'm less worried about dings and scrapes on a Jeep a little bit. And it's going to be a little bit more capable stock. And I'm kind of, I'm a thrifty person and I don't put a lot of money into my vehicle. Mostly my philosophy has been until we keep running into stuff that I can't do in the Forerunner. I don't want to spend a ton of money making it better. So yeah. what have I spent money on? I bought new tires because I felt like we were running into issues with the tires. Right? Yeah. I put on sliders because I wanted to protect it. And I, I, I'm i not 100% sure I needed them. The one thing that they have been good for is they are, my kids use them as a step. And they've been pretty good for that. But their sliders are not great steps because they're so high 
that you're almost at the door sill anyway. Honestly, mostly what they do is when I get out of the car and we've been through the mud, they put mud on the back of my pant leg. That's <laughs> mostly what they have done. They, they, but they've, you've been on trails where you've hit them before too. I yeah. have hit them before, but I'm not 100% sure that if I hadn't had them and I had the extra two inches of ground clearance, I would have hit my thing. But I do like the peace of mind they have brought me. <laughs> right. Um, of other kind of important notes, I don't, you know, we're not going to do like, you can look up the specs. I don't think we need to break them down. The horsepower is very similar in them. The Forerunner does have a little bit more torque. Now, where things get a little bit different, and actually, I think it adds more advantages to Jeep in the future, is the fact that you're going to have a diesel, which is going to add better fuel economy. Um, I'm going to say typically adds better reliability. Diesels tend to do really well at high mileage. Now that's still yet to be determined. So, you know, the jury's still out on that, but for, with this diesel, but I think that um, you're going to, you, from a drivetrain perspective, you're going to have very similar type specs against each other. So I don't know that those really make you sway either way. Pricing um, from my understanding, the Rubicon, the four-door Rubicon edition is more expensive than the TRD Trail what, Pro. The, the TRD Off-Road or TRD Pro are the big yeah. ones these days. And the, the Rubicon is a little bit more expensive from, from everything that I have seen. So th that is something. So, you know, my recommendation for any of these things are um, beware of anyone who's massively overly biased towards one or the other. And I feel like that's where you and I, we didn't come in with huge biases towards either. Um, we definitely can see the merits and benefits of either. I feel like we've outlined that aspect. I would say if you're considering which one to do, I would either ask someone to let you drive theirs or just go to a dealership and test drive them back to back. And my preference for all driving test driving is to have the person show me the features and then I ask them if I can drive it alone. <laughs> so I liked them to explain to me in case there's something I didn't know about with the vehicle and then let and then like, okay salesperson let me go drive it for a minute and then I'll come back and then they're not sitting there trying to because I I have ran into this more than one time where they're sitting there the at the Toyota dealership they're telling me about how the Toyota is so much more reliable than this and this and this and this and at the Jeep dealership they're telling me this and this and this and this because they're just trying to shove their bias down your throat right so I just wanted you to tell me the features of the vehicle let me take it for a little cruise and then really ask yourself is this going to be primarily for off-roading or is this going to be primarily for commuting and a lot of off-roading? And I, and like you said, I think that summarizes which one of these two vehicles you should get. Um, the other one caveat I would add to that is if one of them is drawing you more than the other, after you go and draw, drive them both, then go get the one that you want. Life is, life is too short to drive a boring vehicle. Both of these are awesome. But if you just, see yourself and envision yourself more in the forerunner by the forerunner if you see yourself with the top off and the doors off and the jeep cruising down and that sounds like the better option for you and your lifestyle choose that one you're not you really can't go wrong and that's the best thing about it is there's so many amazing vehicles out there that if you kind of go in with your eyes and, and an open mind to that you're going to find something that fits your personality fits your lifestyle and fits the type of adventures that you want to do and from you're watching our channel, you've seen that both of these vehicles are more than capable of tackling what we want them to at this point. Yeah, that, that would be my big, I guess, my wrap up is we are both very happy with our vehicles. Would you agree with that? 100%. To me, I only see two things about the Jeep Wrangler that I do not like. And they are things that you mentioned, which are things about the forerunner that you like, you know, so I don't like that there's not a third row and that's not, there's not a great option for that without, you know, eating up all of your cargo space. I don't need that right now, but if I, if I did need it, that's a big downside to it, you know? So yeah. and that, so that's the kind of thing is like, you're going to, we can nitpick them all day, but the reality is I think we're both thrilled with what we have and you really can't go wrong with either of them. Yeah, and anyone, I, I, that, anyone that tells you differently has a has an un, you know, they're biased. They have an, in my opinion. Yeah, they are biased or have an agenda. Go, I think Jared gave great advice. Go with the one that you like. 
because they're both awesome. And if you don't care, freak, go with the, whichever one's cheaper in your price bracket or whatever. You know, maybe Jeep has awesome incentives this year. I don't know. You know, whatever. Just I, I think that they're so they're both so awesome for 90% of what 90% of people do. Both of them are fine. They're both great. You'll enjoy them. I, you know, I, I just can't say enough good things about both of them. I guess is what I would say is we've gone on a lot of adventures, and we plan on going on a lot more. And these vehicles are going to take us there, and we're both happy with what we've got. All right. So I think that wraps everything up. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe. Head over to iTunes and give us a five star rating and jump in there and uh, give us a review there as well. Um, if you want to follow our adventures on a regular basis, you can follow us on Instagram at Backroad Exploration and make sure to check out our YouTube channel, Backroad Exploration, where we're exploring all over Utah in its most beautiful remote areas with our families. Thanks so much for listening.